Country Podcast Edition. I've always been around great songwriters and artists my whole life. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jason Aldean, and you are listening to my boy Michael Knox on Knox Country Podcast. Welcome to the Knox Country Syndicated Radio Show Podcast. I am here with Josh Thompson, probably one of my favorite artists, singers, songwriters in town, dude. Hands down, period. And um, and dude, this year's a huge breakout year for you, 2018. Well, you had your first number one, your second number one, and now is is that correct? And yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then you got uh, Jason Aldean's you. current single, "Drowns of Whiskey," out. That's right. And um, you know, so how how does that feel? Because you're transitioning now from an artist to a really prominent songwriter. Uh, I mean, it feels awesome. It, uh, you know, it only took 12 years, but nobody's counting. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I moved to town. I just wanted to do not concrete. You know, I want to make make a living in the music industry. So, um, but yeah, transitioning from from the artist thing to the to the full time writer thing has been. Uh, it's been a couple of hills to climb, man, but thanks to you, I mean, you kind of, you started it off for me, so I appreciate that. Now, we, uh, the very first song I ever cut of yours was Fast Lanes. Is that correct? Uh, As a Pews, songwriter. Church Pews or Barstools. Church, that's right, Church Pews, Barstools. It was cut for the same record. Fast Lanes didn't make the record. Is that correct? And then yeah. we put it on the next record. It made, Yeah, and then, and then it made like a Target exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's so funny, man, is that that's the one that every every now and then when we're doing, we're like, man, we need another Fast Lanes. And I'm like, what, a song that took two albums to get on? You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Well, next time you need another Fast Lanes, just take the old Fast Lanes. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> well, me and you go back away because I, I first met you at, at a publishing house when you were on your way to play to get your record deal. That's right. And I'll never forget that. I remember you sitting down, you played a bunch of songs and we were just cutting up and stuff, man. Day one hearing you sing, day one hearing your songs. I remember when you left that day, I, I, I looked at the people in the room and said, man, I have to produce his record. I love this guy. You greatest know. record you ever produced. It went, yeah, it yeah. was the greatest record. Except for, and 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 our and our single just went gold. <laughs> like just breeze right. right over that one. That's right. And our, we just our, we got a gold record now. Yeah, it's way out that. here. Yeah, way out here. <laughs> yeah. Way out here. Uh, Josh Thompson, gold record. I got it on that's, my wall. That's right. I got it on my wall too. Man, that I mean that song. I mean that was a. Uh, it was huge. It was huge. I mean, it kept me on the road for ten years. Yeah, it was, it was literally one song, one record. Yeah, but but blame it on Waylon was cool. Um, I, I wish songs like "Sinner" would have got a better would have got a better play. But now Shalacy's favorite song on the oh, record is "Back Around." I'm telling Back you, around. I know you loved it too. That's that's my jam. Hey, I mean, I think probably you know it's it just dealing with you know that Joe Glande left you know right right as we were going for that that third. Um, that third single and it probably would have been center back around yeah but it was you know. a man that whole album was so good yeah the- i yeah i mean it yeah it kept me busy for a long time and and I, I still remember the day that i played you the three songs i was gonna play for joe and i didn't know man i was nervous and you're like dude play those three right there i promise it'll work i was like all right well it worked that, yeah. that was the first <laughs> album i ever worked on with you as your production coordinator like the first full album i did was was your album? So maybe that's why it's special. So I'm good luck. You for are. You kind of in a way. 
and I'm I'm good luck for you. You are very good luck for there me. There you go. So so, so, so so I got a question. How many names does Shalacy have? <laughs> ah, last time I counted, it was like forty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say a few of them. But, say the, a few but of them. the one that stuck, I think, was Shahome Depot. That's my favorite. <laughs> but there's uh, Sha Tarantula. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sha Downtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it could go on. Shakur's Light. <laughs> yeah. Just... Sha Home Depot will always have a special place in my heart too. Yeah, I've know. been trying to beat Sha Home Depot ever since, <laughs> and it's just hard to. <laughs> but I try not to call her the same name twice when I no, see. And you her. really don't. Yeah, I don't think you've ever repeated yourself. Sha Loch Ness Monster. That was my favorite. <laughs> well, I don't know if I like that one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to veto one. <laughs> all right, all right. So. <laughs> artist thing you're making this transition into uh, a pretty prominent you know like first call songwriter now for for songs i mean i you know i i know you're on my list you're you're my top five easy for me to call when i'm looking for songs that. um how is that transition with you i mean are, are you wanting the artist thing or, or are you are you enjoying this kind of transition man i am i am enjoying it right now this is uh i just i reached a point on the road where it was just like uh you know, I was spending more time than I was than I was, you know, financially like, you know, helping myself. So it was like it got to a point where I was gone more, and I didn't get to see my kids hardly at all, and and it wasn't uh, it wasn't worth my time like like it like staying here, being able to you know relax and concentrate on you know the creative process, and just uh, it's it's opened up a whole new. Um, a whole new world of, of you know ideas and actually having the time to be able to focus and, and make them right it's just it's been a world of difference for me do you go out much and play artist shows i don't i did six so far this year and um then uh yeah i ended up making big changes and got rid of management and then uh i haven't emailed my booking agent back yet so i i guess you know, i've turned everything down yeah you know? and and that's kind of the path you want to take maybe this year to kind yeah. of kind of clear your head a little bit with yeah, it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to. You know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna stay home, I'm gonna grow a garden, and uh, I'm write songs. Yeah. Well, dude, because all things cutting like again. You know. Yeah. Soon, yeah. Well, you I mean, know, and you've got know, two. Next year. Yeah, you've got two on this current album, right? Three. Three. Why yep. are you trying to hold? Why are you oh, dang! To, I'm sorry. Oh. Why are you trying to shut me down. <laughs> He's got three, and uh, and we just had Enio Barstool. Yeah. Which was number one, and um, you know, um, you're gonna have a great run with this drowns of whiskey. Man, you know? I, I hope so. It sounds you guys just—I mean, you sprinkled the magic on for sure. I don't know what happened in the studio that day, but it just sounds—it just took it to a whole nother level. Well, I mean, I—I I mean, we earned our money. I mean, you we did. we made that song a hit yeah i mean when sure. i got it it was a b-side yeah well i mean that's just kind of i mean mm-hmm. that's what you signed up to do so you're the producer that's you man so. my, my best job is not messing up your great demos i mean because no offense i mean your stuff when you pitch it man it's a record to me i mean all yeah. i'm trying to do is not mess it up well, you don't, man. You took that to a whole nother level. It's awesome. Well, what else do you have like clicking right now? Because you got a few few more cuts going on, things like that. Uh, yeah. I wish you know if I was my publisher, I'd be able to give you numbers, but I, I don't know. Well, I it's, know you've you know, co-wrote over twenty major label cuts over the past year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, I've been getting a lot of cuts and, and a lot of action, and um, 
it's been it's been great i don't i think drowns whiskey is the only is the only single that that's coming out that i know of in the in the near future but uh yeah you know there, you can't get a single if you don't get cuts on records so there you go there there's there's songs my songs are on a lot of different records coming out and uh but dude, the 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 transition from you being an artist to a songwriter is 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 probably been the the most overwhelming from people because I hear everybody talk about you know I need Josh Thompson song I need a Josh Thompson song or whatever but I haven't seen that since since Red Akins kind of made that transition too yeah and um and and dude you know there's going to be a lot of powerful things coming your way because I can tell you there there is an addiction for how you say things. The melodies you come up with, man. I, you know, I, I'm probably hands down one of your biggest fans. Period. As f- as what you do, you I know. Appreciate it. My messed up phrasing, as yeah. Craig Wiseman put it, the first time <laughs> I wrote with him. Man, you got some messed up phrasing. <laughs> That's a compliment, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, but but that, but that. I mean, so so be ready for I me mean, because I haven't seen this since that since that transition with Rhett. You know, and I I loved it. I mean, when I was doing the artist thing, the guys that I gravitated towards were were Rhett and uh, like David Lee Murphy because they just uh, I don't know they got it on a level that uh, you know not a lot of songwriters do. I mean, they were they they know what radios you know how to please them and what a crowd's looking for and like they just they get it yeah but now but but you can use a lot of that now yeah. in your in your process cuz when you're writing it, probably the reason it's more intelligent is because you you know how to how to be authentic about what you're saying because you've been out there you've seen these people react and you've seen yeah. fans react and 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 man I think that that's 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 the best thing for a Nashville songwriter is to be somebody that grew up in front of fans. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, you're absolutely right because you know. I mean, I can definitely tell you what a crowd of people that drink too much are looking for. <laughs> I don't, you I can't know. Tell you what? <laughs> I can't tell you what like the sit down dry county fair people necessarily are looking for. But I can give you some some songs where some people get rowdy. <laughs> Hey, this is Josh Thompson, and you're listening to Knox Country Podcast. Well, but but now, um, out of all these cuts that you've been having, this has really just been a couple of three years, man. Really, just been exploding yeah. for you. You know, uh, you know. Other than your your favorite last one, I mean, which one which one happened, and you go, man, I, I think I can do this. What made you not want to call back the booking agent? What made you not want to pursue the artist thing? Was there a cut or two that you were like, man, I think I can do this without having to compromise myself? Yeah, it was uh, when I was making the transition. It probably took two two years to you know, and I was for the town to to turn around you know and say hey like you know instead of well if this song's so good why don't he cut it you know to actually view me as a songwriter who who's trying to get songs you know on records um but there was a song called freaks like me and it died at like 43 but it was that's right it was joe nichols and it was like eight months after i decided i'm gonna do just do the writing thing and like at that point i was like okay this can happen even though it died at 43 and then it took about another year or two and then bar still happened and i was like that's it 
That's yeah. it. And that and surprised then, me that that was your first number one. I mean, just yeah. knowing the body of work that you have. I mean, because we are we are true fans of yours from from day one. And when somebody told me that was your first number one, I was shocked. Yeah, that was. That, I mean, yeah, way out here went to like fifteen, I think. Yeah, but but, but know, that played like there. a top five. Yeah, it, it played like a hit for sure. I mean, it's but, still recurrent, crazy right now. Yeah. And, and people go nuts for it, but it was it was barstool that like it, it there was a confidence it was like a confidence booster, you know made me confident enough to be able to go into a room with with guys that had you know twenty number ones and say I think we should write a song called I'll name the dogs, you know and not have them laugh me out the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 tell me that process of writing drowns the whiskey. You know, kind of kind of how did that all come about? I know uh, it's the opposite of what Brandon Kenny probably told you. <laughs> but, he he uh, took all the credit. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, Brandon I, came in and said, I had everything written but the tag. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he called me today. He's like, I just want to get our story straight. <laughs> as, as long as you tell him that like I came in with the idea and, uh, and the lyrics and you were playing guitar, but I was telling you what chords to play. That's pretty um, much how I went. Yeah. Um, I'm be honest with you. Well, I had Brandon out a lot, and, and my guitar player, Jeff Middleton, was like, uh, he was obviously my guitar player, but we wrote a ton on the road. We loved writing on the road. So at bus call that night, which is midnight, I mean, we would we sat down and we started writing songs. I mean, every, every time that Brandon came out, and so it was like 4.30, 5 in the morning when we finished this song, and... Um, yeah, I had the lyrics, the the idea, the melody, the uh, everything. So you had everything. Yeah, you know what? There's a, <laughs> I don't like brag, but uh, I, I'll also say this: that Big Brandon o- overserved us a little bit that night. Yeah. So now that I do believe. Yeah. There that. are some details that no matter no matter what any of us say, don't really know. <laughs> Did y'all even write this song? I think we did. Yeah. Well, and then the funny thing about this song is like it, you know, it was one of whatever we'd write seven a weekend, and uh, and it just got it got lost in the shuffle, like like so many songs do. I mean, when you're writing whatever two hundred songs a year, it, it got lost in the shuffle. And thanks to Brandon, who left Sony and demoed like forty five, fifty songs before he left. <laughs> That was one of them, and it's just one of those things that stuck out. Like we're idiots. Like, yeah. Why? Why did we let this song go? But that happens a lot, man. Where you write so much, and you kind of, you kind of on to the next one. Yeah. And you and and no offense, they are your babies, but you don't really think about them commercially because you're writing them, and you're like, man, I love that song. But then you're off on something else, and right. you kind of forget about it. I, I see that happen all the time. Yeah, it's very easy to do, and I mean, there, there's no telling in this town how many great songs have just been sitting in a catalog somewhere yeah sitting on a work tape yeah you know that you never finished yeah or sitting on somebody's phone but he said that there was another work tape that some that y'all were pitching around a little bit oh yeah jeff the my guitar player who who's a great a great uh guitar player and a great songwriter not a phenomenal track guy so yeah he did a little <laughs> i love you jeff yeah, he did a little demo and uh, and no, yeah, no. Brandon never even heard it. So, well, on the new Aldine record, you 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 not only wrote "Drowns the Whiskey," but there's another song you've written three on there. But there's another song called "Set It Off." 
Yeah. And man, when I first heard that demo, I was in, I, I think I hit you back pretty quick on an email, but I love that song, you know, and um, I that sent was it. the first time you actually emailed me back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I sent it to Jason. Jason contacted me pretty quick. And I remember saying, man, you know, this has got a big shot, man, you know, to be to be more than just an album cut. Yeah. You know, and that song is is definitely a, a, a standout on the record. But, you know, was that was that just you and Brandon or was there uh it was me brandon and jody stevens yeah 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 jeff's son yeah so yeah i mean we uh in fact i think that was probably jody's ended up being jody's idea i don't like to give that kind of credit you know but uh (laughs) but yeah that was his idea and uh you know his just that little guitar riff thing and it was it kind of fell into place i think we wrote it in like an hour and it just it just felt right yeah and we hear that a lot, man, when people are talking with us is some of your best songs happen pretty quick, you know, yeah, fast, you know, and and it's funny because you wish you had better stories. You wish you had a deeper moment, but they're usually just like just happening and you just and it gets out of the way pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, as a you know, some of my as a music fan, my, one of my favorite records of all time was was Merle Haggard. Let me tell you about a song, and he would before each and every song he would he would spend thirty minutes, thirty seconds, a minute talking about why he wrote this and like what he was going through, what was happening. And as and as songwriters, like we don't we don't generally have those stories, you know, because we're we're cranking them out and we're, we're trying to be a lot of it is personal you know from a personal point of view but it's trying to be as commercially viable as possible yeah Knox Country Podcast Edition some of you know me as a record producer for acts like Jason Aldean and Thomas Rhett others know me as the son of rock and roll legend Buddy Knox party doll fame back in 1957 I'm Michael Knox welcome to my world you're listening to Knox Country. Hey, this is Keith Urban. What's up, y'all? It's your boys here, Florida Georgia Line. Hey, this is Little Big Town. And you're listening to Knox Country. You've entered Knox Country. Welcome back to the Knox Country Podcast. But that's what gives you an edge, too, man, is that you have the artist side. You have something that you're you're not well, that you want to express a little differently than a songwriter. Yeah. You know, you have an artist side that that you know it's in my opinion one more step one more step in the creative direction you know a, an artist that can write you know kind of comes at it a little differently than a songwriter right you know for some reason yeah and 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 maybe that's what i get from you because your lyrics are so you know visual you know I, I love that about your stuff yeah i mean i guess the 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 what i try to do is just write a song that i like and then most songwriters are trying to write a song that Rascal Flatts likes. Yeah, you know. So I think if I'm satisfied, those and I love something that generally um, becomes a song that that you know ends up getting on a record. But you are falling into that category now, where some artists are hearing your stuff and they're and they're wanting to be you. You know, uh, that's why there's so many ponytails out there. <laughs> yeah. Today, right? No, but I, I I get that too. The, your cuts sound like a josh thompson song like i can hear songs sometimes like josh write that and sure enough your name will be on it so it's like you definitely have a distinctive style you know that people are going to start emulating yeah it's very like david lee murphy you know man when he's when he started making that transition 
you know, when the radio was coming on and Chesney would sing a song, I was like, man, it, that yeah. sounds like David Lee. And then yeah, a definitely. month later, you'd look it up and you're like, he did write that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, that that's great. I mean, if that if that ends up being the case for me, I mean, I would love that. If you can pick out a Josh Thompson song. then Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, I mean, what's on the horizon for goals for you? Like, what's the next place for you? Because I know you're achieving things pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the next steps up. I'd love to do, you know, triple play. That'd be great. Um, You know, songwriter of the year. I mean, all that stuff. Just be, you know, like do some writer's nights where they fly to Hawaii all expenses paid and give you like $80,000 and like a free hotel for two weeks and like you know just stuff like that so are you BMI or ASCAP BMI well you're at the right place <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean you know just just in just getting more songs cut more songs on the radio and, and just you know achieving you know the songwriter's dream songwriter of the year would be great do you see yourself going after the artist thing down the road um like a legit effort at it or i'm sure things happen naturally everything's cool but yeah i mean if it fell into place you know like like i think like things like stapleton like to me happened like just so naturally like it wasn't he was just phenomenal and you know somebody gave him a chance but i i don't i don't know if i'd put a whole lot of effort in i would love to cut another record at some point just something totally cool and something that's not you know not trying to chase radio with it yeah but you could do that rodney crowell thing yeah i would love to do that it's just like when you decide to do it then you gotta then you gotta set some time aside and then you're and you're busy so you can't produce it you know i does she do that's a gimme for me i've, I've already <laughs> produced one i produce another one what are you talking about I can, we might do that i can knock that out i can knock that out pretty easy but um, so who are your go-to guys right now? I, I I know since you're starting to get a lot of cuts, I'm sure you're finding yourself falling in a rhythm now with 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 a group of people. I mean, do you have like a core, or are you still experimenting? Yeah, I mean, I do love to experiment, and I and I still do. I feel like a lot of a lot of good comes from you know that first time. I don't know. It's kind of like a a thing in the room. Like uh, Rattan was the first time we ever wrote was any old bar stool. Um, but my go-to, go-to guys, like Brandon Kenny's like become one of them now. Yeah. We've got, we, we've hit, a, a really good run recently. Um, Ben Hayslip. I love Matt Dragstrom, um, Carrie Barlow. There's just like, you know, about 10 people that I just, I jive with. Yeah. And that's good, man. Cause it's, you know, it's nice to have a very, you know, small crew, that kind of feeds off each other you know uh, i've seen that in the past you know where where you get a little more mileage out of that than to kind of spreading out the ideas a little too much you know because you never know you want to you want to take a great idea to somebody that you've had experience with yeah i mean if i i mean if i have a great idea like i'll i'll definitely i won't I won't open my mouth until I know it's the right person. You yeah, know? I won't. I won't take. You got to be careful it. in this room. If you just talk about some stuff and there's four people in the room, you're doing a five way. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just went from 100 percent to 25 percent. Don't you love those writers when you're writing something that's already a three way and they go, "Hey, man, come on in there and join with me." And they're in yeah, the hallway. Yeah, and that like, happened recently. I was like, "Well, there we go." 
<laughs> I mean, but you know, I'll take I'll take twenty five percent of of you know something. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Or zero percent of nothing, but yeah. So this new way, I mean, I, I know you came up writing very organically, you know, and now it's a little more track oriented. Sometimes, yeah. You know, do you do you like that, or or, or do you prefer the co write? Um, I st- I still love the co write just on a guitar, but uh, but I what the tracks have done, and I and I love it is they take you out of, they take you where you wouldn't go, you know. 90% of the stuff that I write, you know, to tracks would never be something I would write with a guitar. There you go. And so from a from a broad base, you know, songwriter's standpoint, um, you know, it just it broadens your reach to me, you know. You, well, I can tell that like any old bar stool probably organic. Yeah. And set it off probably track. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Drowns the Whiskey, there was a pretty pretty prominent loop when yeah. I when I got it, but um, is that how y'all wrote it? No, no, there it was just three dudes and a guitar. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I mean, because a guy like you, um, coming from the organic world, I bet that does really inspire you to be able to jump out of your box that aggressively, yeah, and then come back. You know, because a yeah. lot of guys write with that all day, and you're like, well, man, how do you stay totally inspired unless you can jump out of that box once in a while? And, yeah, you, and sure. your box is the organic world jumping out of that a little mm-hmm. bit, but but I bet those track guys love a melody guy. Yeah, well, they, I mean they need one, you know. That you know, there's some track guys are great writers, some track guys are just phenomenal track guys. So yeah, um, it's just learning which ones to go to. But yeah, I mean it's uh, at the end of the day when it comes together, I mean it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, especially if it's like a, a you know more like a, a hip hop leaning track. And then you've got you've got really country lyrics with a country voice, like where that where those meet is like super cool to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. Was there a moment, a song, an artist, something that you were really obsessed with or heard, and you go, "Man, I want to I want to be an artist. I want to be a country artist or something." Is there something that happened that triggered that for you? Yeah, well, there was a there was a bunch of of things, but I was I was twenty one when I started playing guitar, and you know and uh, got a guitar and, and took some lessons and started playing it. But uh, I had a family friend named Mary Lou who like just sat around the campfire with three chords and would do like CCR and like all that old stuff. I just thought growing up like that was the coolest thing ever. Like I would love to be able to do that. And so I heard a song when I was 20 um, called Ride Me Down Easy by Bobby Bear. And, uh, that was that was the night that I decided like I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get a guitar for my birthday and I'm gonna learn how to play this song. And uh, as soon as I could learn three chords, I started writing and I never learned how to play that song. But uh, <laughs> but we've still got time. You, so, so could you play it today? I'm sure. I, yeah, probably figured out just sitting around. But but, but that's kind of late in life. Yeah, you know, yeah, to think it's about really it, but that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I, I moved to Nashville, and I forget, and I was twenty five or twenty six. I, I mean, that's a shame to say that's late. I mean, it's early twenties, but no, I mean know, it's late. It is I mean, to play an instrument. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty late. I think you know most people start when they're like eight because you mm-hmm. know the family, but the, there was nobody. The only thing my family played was radio. Mm-hmm. So this didn't yeah. really run in your family, being a, a musician singer. No, no. I mean, they all sang, but. 
wasn't like real. So is it sort of surreal that you're here doing this for a living now? Yes, yeah, I mean it's still a little a little weird. I mean, I guess I just uh, yeah, I, I just moved to Nashville, never looked back, and just kept working. Hey guys, it's Shalacy. Check us out on the web at KnoxCountry360.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnoxCountry360. So what were your go-to music in your in high school? What are you listening to? I listened to like a lot of old country when I was in high school. I was I was a very odd person. But I also liked, I mean, I, I liked a lot of stuff. My go-to like stuff was Merle Haggard and, and like just that super lyrically driven, you know, guys that weren't afraid to be vulnerable and just honesty in the lyrics and, and that and the beat, especially like the up tempos were just like that's just what I gravitated to. But you know, I wasn't I wasn't I would I would get down with some L L and some Ice Cube too. I wasn't go. I was not afraid. There you go. Not afraid. <laughs> the only thing I never really like locked into was like was like rock that's interesting because you have a raspy voice which seems like it would go that way i do i don't smoke and uh and i also wasn't greatly influenced by rock and roll like the stones stuff like that i mean i would i'd love that and like ccr but i wasn't you're talking about 80s rock yeah yeah it wasn't the hair metal wasn't my wasn't my jam well back back then man right when the ending of heavy metal country took over it was like yin and yang. We, we've talked about it before where one day it's Motley Crue, the next day you were Randy Travis. Right. You know, it really <laughs> was that aggressive. So you were coming in right at the end of that. So, But Merle Haggard and all them in high school, that, that had to have been a throwback. Listen, because your friends weren't listening to that. They were not. They were not listening to that. Did they get it? Was there a crew of people that were listening? Uh, there was there was a couple, but like their their idea of country was like Garth Brooks, mm-hmm. and that was that was that was too hip for me. You know, it was like yeah, it was it was way too new. But yeah, I mean it it was fine. I mean, my, I'd listen to anything that was that was good. Well, let me ask you something that it's not meaning to come off as like aggressive or or, or harsh. But um, if you had other hits, would you uh, have enjoyed the road, or was it just the road itself you were kind of getting burned out? Yeah, I mean, I probably would have if there was more success there as a as an artist. You know, there was like hits, and I could have um, been a little more, uh, you know, cared a little less, you know, financially about what was going on. I mean, I think that would have been more enjoyable, but. It also got to a, a point where it was just like so repetitive, and it was like, you know, you're smiling at people that don't deserve you, <laughs> that don't deserve your smile, yeah. And uh, and you just, uh, you know, you're faking it. And there's a lot of faking it. Um, yeah, and that's you know, tough. And you're tired, and you got to go out. You know, these people paid money for tickets, and you got to, you know, bring them show. And it's like, yeah, they ended up being so much faking it. It like didn't feel real anymore. And it's not about the fans because, you know, you enjoy playing for the fans. It's yeah, everything it. else that no one sees. Yeah. It, yeah. It's everything else. It's mm-hmm. the 50, 57 things you had to do be- before you finally got out on stage. And, you know, it was a great release and the crowds are awesome. And it was like, that's what you do it for. But mm-hmm. everything else just got to be, you know, so taxing, especially when you're hopping back in driving after the show. It's like there's got to be a better way. Well, I'm a big um, glasses half full guy. So, yeah. like when things happen, I'm like, well, man, you know, you got to see why that happened. So, 
it seems like this fits you and your day-to-day personality probably a little better anyway. Yeah. So all, all that gave you an education maybe of, of how to make this a little a little more successful than than a normal songwriter. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I just I'm finally controlling my own schedule. Yeah. After, you know, 10 years and, you know, at the first 3 or 4 years of missing deer seasons, like I started to turn. <laughs> I started there was I could feel a major shift. And uh and like that, hanging a shotgun out the bus window. <laughs> like, whoa, I'm going to find something there's, out here. There's there's been some times <laughs> where something like that might have happened, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it was like this uh, I don't have any control over what I do. And I'm a control freak. Yeah, and, and man and the road can exhaust you. It is. Even even successful. Mm-hmm. It exhausts you. You know, and some people are cut for that. I, I I'm not a road guy. I, I don't like going out on the road. I don't like sleeping on the bus and stuff like that. I I like my own space. I like my own control uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, about that. And, you know, I'm glad that you have the artist experience. I love the record we cut. Uh, way, out here is one, one, way Out Here is one of my favorite things I've ever recorded, mm-hmm. you know. and um, Me but, too. But yeah. I enjoy <laughs> cutting your songs more for some reason. You know, I I like having them for multiple things, you know, because I love getting your demos, dude. I enjoy Uh, you cutting my songs for multiple reasons. (laughs) But, but, you know, cutting a record and a songwriting record, all that stuff, I think that's the way I think people Mm -hmm. would eat that up from you, dude. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, 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 it would be, it would be good for me too, you know, to just to, to move you know labels and and opinions and all that out of the way and just like do music until i'm satisfied with it you know when capture the part of the uh, of that artist career that you really enjoyed you know yeah. recording your music performing whenever you want yeah you know and and then being able to come home the best that's of both what, worlds that's what i'm talking about or it's build a studio at the house and never leave home there you go <laughs> well you you gave me a gold record a while back and now i'm gonna get to give you one you know, and, and hopefully too, maybe any old bar stool and drowns the whiskey. Yeah, it, it, 2018 is going to be strong for you. Well, I pre- and let's not stop there by any means. No, no, you know, no. Let's I mean, keep it. Let's keep Blacktop Gone. That was the third one I was cheating right. you on. Yeah, let's keep it. I'm yeah, but just, Blacktop Gone is so signature. It's the other side of you. It's that yeah. drive thing that you do so well. You know, like. Yeah, you ain't seen country yet. You know, I I, I yeah, love those the, kind of songs from you. And then Blacktop Gone on the new Jason record, that drive was addicting. The first day we heard it, Jason was just like, you know, these were no brainers. Your songs were no brainers that we were cutting them. Well, I appreciate that. I love those those driving things, man. They're not they're not the easiest to write necessarily and be good. You know what I mean? Like, but man, they they they're great live. Yeah, Those are yeah, yeah, but but, but your twist on the title, Blacktop Gone. I mean, you don't hear that. It's common as you think that is. You don't really get to hear the way that's said. Sometimes, you know, fast lanes. You know, th- these things were these things were things that you thought had been written a hundred times and they weren't. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'm gonna hug you when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. I appreciate you being here. Knox Country. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Knox Country Podcast. Special thanks go out to co-host Mr. Lacey Griffin and producer Donnie Walker. See you next time. 
Fox Country Outtakes. So will you spend more money on fireworks or beer? Beer, probably. And yeah. then you'll play with the fireworks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't. You finish the beer and then you open up the fireworks. <laughs> but now you have you have young children. Are they? Are you not worried about them being afraid? Uh, well, I wasn't until just right yeah. now. <laughs> See, it's so, different now, huh? It's, <laughs> the fireworks and beer kind of don't go together. Yeah, you can't shoot bottle rockets at your kids and no. expect them to get how fun that is. <laughs> no, it's a little different. <laughs> hey, it's Josh Thompson. You're listening to Knox and Shalock Ness Monster right here on Knox Country 360. <laughs> That's awesome, brother. Knox Country Podcast Edition.